0: Welcome to 5 Minutes Alone podcast with Pastor Andrew from Deliverance Bible Church. Um, These are great times. This is a good time to be alive. I'm really excited to roll out with an episode. Uh, There's a lot going on in the world today and one thing that I know for sure is regardless of what's happening in the world, the Word of God remains the same. It remains constant. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to welcome the Holy Ghost into this moment. Holy Spirit, I welcome you to come and have your way. Bring that peace that abounds all understanding. Lead us into wisdom, revelation, and truth about who you are and who we are. Lord, help us to understand the Word of God. And Lord, most importantly, I pray for those that are lost, bring them to salvation, convict them of their sins, that they may see their sin as a great separator between them and the holiness and goodness of God. So right now, convict us of those sins, open our eyes to the understanding of the gospel, that we may be born again of the Spirit, that we may come to repentance and faith in Christ alone we love you Lord I love you Lord I need you you're all that I have I have no confidence in anything but you Holy Spirit come in Jesus name Amen I want to talk today about prosperity now before you get freaked out which most people do um, let me be clear everything that I'm about to say isn't for the lost In fact, everything I'm about to say doesn't have anything to do with those outside of Christ. And it's not the carrot dangling in front of your nose to lead you to Christ. Um, The five minutes come first in this situation when we talk about prosperity. Like, you have to understand, first of all, that you are utterly, hopelessly depraved. Not only were you born with a sinful nature, you willfully chose to sin against God. And when you got caught, you lied about it. The same is true for you as it is for me. We're liars, we're thieves, we've blasphemed the name of God, we have, you know, hated our neighbor, we've coveted our neighbor's stuff that we've been full of murder in our hearts I mean all of us everyone when we die we are going to stand before God and he is going to literally judge us for all of that and not only is he going to judge us for all the wickedness that we've committed he's also going to judge us for all the good things that we thought would make up for the wickedness and we will all stand guilty and condemned on that day But there is hope in one name alone under heaven, and that's the name of Jesus Christ, who died in your place and died in my place so that we could have forgiveness of sins, have a new life, a new birth, that we would be born of the Spirit and we'd have access directly to a really good Father God. And if we have repented of our sins and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and nothing else, none of our goodness, none of our good works or what we think could earn us some points, no. We put all of our faith in the goodness and holiness of the only sacrifice that's acceptable to the Father, Jesus. And when we have put our faith and trust in Jesus and we have repented of our sins, we will be born again. So You'll be in one of two places on the day of judgment when you die. You'll be in the camp that says, yeah, I'm wicked, depraved, and there's no good in me. But I have placed all of my hope and confidence in Jesus Christ. Those will be the ones who enter into heaven. The other camp are those that said, yeah, you know, but... I tried really hard to be good and sometimes I wouldn't sin and and maybe sometimes I did and I try to make up for it and I tried really hard to be a good person you know or I just embraced my sin and I lived however I wanted that's the same camp and those folks don't go into eternal life they go into an eternal death and destruction so put your faith and trust in Jesus repent and be born again God doesn't really owe you anything, I mean, other than the penalty for your sin. So, when I talk about prosperity, you have to understand, like God doesn't owe that to anybody. But because God is good, because this is a message and truth for those who come to Christ the proper way through faith and repentance, and they're born again, they're grafted into the family of a really good god all of the blessings that were ever promised to those who kept the law in the old testament become ours because it's the same god it's a better covenant see it used to be in the old testament that if you kept the law god blessed you if you broke the law god cursed you now because of jesus he took the entire curse I mean, this is normal, think about it, normal Protestant theology. Like, you should understand this. Jesus took the curse and penalty for our sin, once and for good, forever. So, what does that give us? A glorious exchange of the blessing. Every good thing that could have ever been given to Jesus has now been given to us, in him. You know the New Testament speaks of being hidden with Christ in God, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, and this life I live in the flesh I live in faith. So, so wait, you're hold on, and this is where you'll you might say, okay, well, Pastor Andrews, so you're saying that if someone is poor and a Christian, that God doesn't love them. Uh, no, I'm not saying that at all. But here's what I'm saying: is that my the same message that I would have for the first world person would be the same message I would have for the third world person. It's still about who God is and what His Word says. No, you're no see now. Hold on now, um, you know because Scripture says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Yeah, it is. Don't ever love money, please. Like, if you're in love with money, yeah, that's wicked, that is sinful, that is depraved, that is the wrong mindset for the believer. You know, but in that same context that you find the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, it also says clearly that God has given us all things to enjoy. You can have nice things. It's not a sin. Now, if it becomes an idol, burn it to the ground. I don't care what it is, whether it's a personal jet or a Mercedes-Benz or a BMW or a big house. Like, the whole, you know, well, hold on now. Didn't Jesus say that it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go into heaven? Um, well, it's not exactly the right words there, but he did say something like that. Now, But if you go to the text, read it. He also then goes on to say, "Yeah, but all things are possible with God. You can come to Jesus and you can die at the altar and lose everything, but you don't have to stay broke and poor when you get when he when he saves you. What glory is that going to bring to God? Um, but if you also feel like you need to deny yourself and that's what the Lord's telling you to do and to live a life of poverty, you know, and you think that somehow that honors God." You can make a case for that, but it's a false teaching for you to tell me that I can't be prospered or that if I am prospered, I'm in sin. A lot of times people like to say, well, well, Jesus was poor. Really? Was he? I mean, let's think about that. When the man was born, okay, people came from from the far stretches of the earth to bring him gold. Did anyone bring you gold when you were born? No. Frankincense, myrrh, expensive spices. Why? The first miracle Jesus ever performs—he turns water into expensive wine. I don't know if you if you're familiar with wine making and the value of some wine, but if it was enough to remark that it was good wine, what do you think that wine was worth? For them to actually be like, whoa interesting this guy can turn water into expensive wine oh wait but you'll say but Jesus was born in a manger a lowly homely little manger yeah because the inn was full not because his parents were poor and not because Jesus was broke they if they had the money they'd have been born indoors okay but he was born in the manger because not because he was poor but because he didn't have they didn't have any room at the inn and so, you know, you look at the life of Jesus. The man could multiply bread and fish. I mean, you you can't, by definition, be poor if you can create food on demand. Then that's kind of part of poverty, is hungry. Uh, he was never hungry. He never went hungry. People were never in lack that were with him. Think about it. People say, oh, no, but he said, you know, he was homeless, right, because... Didn't he say that, uh, you know, he the birds of the air have nests and foxes have, you know, a hole, but he's, whatever the wording exactly, but he had nowhere to lay his head, right? So that means that Jesus was homeless. Well, read in the beginning of the book of Mark. It says they were at his house. I don't think, you know, he spent three years as a traveling evangelist preacher preaching the the kingdom of god and the gospel of the kingdom healing the sick raising the dead yeah for three years he didn't he didn't claim anywhere as his home he just kept moving but that doesn't mean he was homeless i mean you know i went to germany for six months and i ended a lease handed them the keys got on a plane and flew to europe now I had somewhere to live while I was there you know and but it wasn't I mean I could say I was homeless but I was traveling I was on a mission you know if Jesus wanted to have a place to live he was the Son of God I mean he could always come back to Mary's house but my point is to say you, you just can't say the guy was homeless he was traveling and ministering and if you've ever done that that's not cheap how do you think he afforded it he would have had enough money for to need Judas to be the money handler, to be the treasurer. In fact, there's other places in Scripture that said he was funded by wealthy women, right? I mean, when he rides into Jerusalem, he rides on a colt or a, you know that had never been ridden. I mean, that's the equivalency of saying he drove a car that had never been driven. You see what I'm saying? We just can't, it's just, I think it's a poor and lazy reading of Scripture to say Jesus was poor and that we should follow His model. Now, he didn't live in any sort of extravagant excess that we would think, but in the day and time that he lived, it was pretty extravagant and excess. He's feeding thousands of people, you know? Like, if you heard there was a guy who could produce enough food to feed 5,000 people, even today, you would think that's not something poor people do. Now, was he rich by the the methods that you and I toil to gain our success? No. It was actually all faith for him. And that is the point. That is why prosperity is associated with faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You have to have faith. And so you're, someone will say, oh, so you're saying that person's poor. And, uh, you know, does that mean they don't have any faith? well I mean maybe (laughs) I mean I don't know their story I don't know their situation you know I've met a lot of poor people that that just continued to maintain their confession of faith even when it didn't look like they were prospering and I and I see that and I think yeah that's the point you know what happens with those people eventually they begin to prosper they just don't change their confession based on their circumstances and their situation you know Today, I make four times what I made when I first began to believe in prosperity. Um, You know, I used to just pinch the pennies and worry. And then I became a tither and everything shifted. Oh, so you're saying we have to tithe as Christians? I'm saying, I don't know why you wouldn't want to. God's blessing in that, that particular covenant still works today. You say, oh, tithing doesn't work. Well, it works for me. 10% 10% of everything that comes into my hands, I give directly into the kingdom of God. I don't, I don't worry about it. It just comes right off the top. And if you read Malachi chapter 3, it talks about, you know, bring the tithes in the storehouse, that there'll be food enough in my house for the church and your house, you know, that God will rebuke the devourer. And that's an important verse to understand because you don't just stop at tithing. You go ahead and you give offerings as well you sow seeds the devourer that God's rebuking because you're a tither is the devil or the work of Satan to come and eat up your seed so that it doesn't produce for you but if you believe in the tithe as a sort of protector to push back the devourer of this world because it is a devouring world don't get me wrong have you looked around you do you see what happens on the day-to-day in this world I mean we talk about working a physical job to be the gr- the meat grinder cuz that's what it is. You know, and then there's just this looming reality that 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 you know, you could lose your job and lose everything and and you know, be on the streets and be homeless. That's the devourer. Now you want that to be pushed back. If there's anywhere in scripture that God says, "I'll push that back for you if you do this," This isn't about your salvation, folks. This is about a promise, an aspect of the goodness of God that I wouldn't forsake because I have an opinion about prosperity preachers. I look at that text and I say, this is the only time in the Bible God ever said, try me now in this. You know what? God's so confident that this system works, he says, try me. Put your money where your mouth is. See if I don't come through on my word. And he pushes that devourer back. It makes it when you sow a seed, you get a return. Oh no, Pastor Andrew, that whole seed thing that, that's just the way those prosperity preachers try to get your money so they can get so they can be rich. Well, you know what? I've yet to ever meet a prosperity preacher that didn't sow. They'll tell you they sow. You may not believe them. In fact, I I can almost guarantee you, you probably hate prosperity preachers if you're one of those people. And you have never, ever, ever listened to any significant amount of their teachings. All you've heard is what other people say they say. That's what changed for me. That's what changed my opinion. I believed what everybody told me they were saying. And then I said, okay, God, if you're really in this, and this is your word, and this is really what you what you want for us as believers, and this is a promise of scripture that I can have, and that I can, I can be elevated in my situation and succeed and do better and be more comfortable as I preach the gospel and I help other people and bless, if, if that's really in your word, okay, God, let me see what these guys have to say. I'll give them a chance. And so I did. And I found out that these dudes are quoting scripture in ways that I had never even fathomed. They were addressing verses that I thought, I need to hear that. See, I didn't know that it said that God is able to make all grace abound toward me. That I would have all sufficiency in all things with an abundance for every good work. I didn't know that was even in the Bible. To tell you the truth... I didn't know that it said that the grace of Jesus, that though he was rich, he became poor, that through his poverty, I might become rich. See, I didn't know that was in there until I listened to these teachings. And I thought, it was basically a point of I was like, okay, you guys, I'll put you aside for a minute. I'm going to go to the text myself, and I'm going to read this. I'm going to study it, and I'm going to pray through it. I'm going to read it over and over. And I'm going to read the commentaries. And you can tell me, oh, that's not talking about you know, earthly riches. Um, it's kind of in the context he's talking about giving. So, and what does spiritual richness look like? I mean, don't you think that we gained all the spiritual richness that we could ever gain when we were born of the Spirit, when we were born again? I mean, what? how more rich in the Spirit can you be? You You achieve that when you're born of the Spirit. So all this is to say... Can earthly possessions steal your heart? Yeah. But get born again. They won't. Well, you know, I see these preachers on TV and they drive these, you know, fancy cars and they have these, have these, you know, private jets, you know, there's no way the Lord's in that. And all I can say is like, well, first of all, who are you? Who are you to teach them? Are you in their sphere of influence? Are you accountable? Are they accountable to you? because they don't have to listen to your criticism. Here's what I will say. Those things can steal your heart. Absolutely. But if you're born again and you're dead to this world, then having possessions doesn't change that. In fact, you don't even care about them just because you have them. You caring that they have them is called coveting. And I would be careful to covet what other people have Coveting isn't, oh, you're no, you you think coveting just means that, you know, you want it. It's not even that. It's that you don't want them to have it. You don't want them to be successful. That's, that's a problem. And that says more about the condition of your own heart than it does about theirs. Now, have there ever been corrupt prosperity preachers? Sure. You know what? But here's what I've learned. God will be their judge. And here's what will happen. They'll be judged for it. They'll be convicted of it. They may respond in humility and change. Or maybe they won't. And God will chasten them. God will deal with them. They may just be lost, you say. And they're living this extravagant life. And and they're they're using the gospel to make money. Okay, then they're going to go to hell. Pray for them. So, really, you can't lose. Don't let disliking what's going on with a prosperity preacher that you don't like... Rob you of what the Word of God says about your prosperity in Jesus. You have to put your faith and trust in Christ alone for your salvation. I'm not going to say, come to God. He's going to make your life better. He's going to buy you a private jet. You know, I don't know that for you. Why in the world would I promise you something that God may not want to give you? I don't know. But here's what I do know. You can be prospered if you're born again. You can have, if you delight yourself in the Lord, you can have the desires of your heart. You know, people love to say, you know, God doesn't always give you what you want, but he'll give you what you need. Well, sometimes he gives you what you want. When you love God with all of your heart, worldly possessions and finances mean nothing to you. In comparison you can love the Lord Jesus with all of your heart your soul your mind your strength and all that is within you you can delight in him completely and be totally captivated by him and be a, want to be a blessing to other people and to serve your community and let me tell you money will just be an added benefit in that equation the false teaching is to say that it's a sin for you to be successful it's a sin for you to prosper it's a sin for you to be rich okay the, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil it doesn't say money is the root you can have the money money is in, is a neutral thing we had to put in God we trust on the money because especially if you look at our economy today hello we're trilli- we just went into debt as a nation more trillions of dollars so you think that that dollar has any value it's a piece of cloth paper it's nothing it doesn't have any value other than the system that claims to back it okay so don't tell me money is evil okay money is neutral you being in love with a dollar that really isn't even worth a dollar comparatively that's being backed by a system that's in tremendous debt that's that's, a, the, you're, you're thinking on the wrong level if that's where you are but I'm talking in spiritual terms keeping your eyes on heaven and last I checked heaven's got pearly gates maybe I don't know if that's accurate but you know uh, golden streets right my father has many mansions God owns all the silver and the gold um, so I'm looking to, to my father and people will say, "Oh wait, no, no, no!" So you're, you know, let's let's look at the, you know, let's not look at the blessings, you know, let's look at the bless'er. Well, the bless'er is blessing people, and God is in the blessing business. He loves his kids. He just like any good father would want to see their children succeed and prosper. That everything they put their hands to, they'd be successful. Is there a danger that this may steal your soul? I don't think it will if you're born again. I just don't. Will you be tempted to? Sure. But you're tempted in a lot of other areas. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, and if you're in that position, take Jesus' advice. Cut your hand off. Okay. But don't cut your hands off in fear that you may succeed. In fear that you may prosper and then it might steal your heart later down the road. But say, okay, God, I submit to you. You know, one way to really just stay in the flow of being blessed and prosperous is to just be a radical giver, to constantly give to people when they ask, when they don't ask, just bless somebody. You know, one thing I can say I love about the people in the prosperity movement is they will bless you. They will, they'll just give you money. They'll sew into you. They'll shake your hand with a hundred dollar bill and then they drive a nice car and then they'll they'll want you to have the same things they don't want to take from you. They want you to succeed like they're succeeding. And if you don't and you miss the mark, nobody's saying you're going to hell. If you don't, if you're not prospered and you're not successful, like, all I would say is find your comfort in the promise of the word to change your situation. Don't be bitter that somebody else has something you don't. That's coveting, that's a sin. So I want everybody I know to succeed and prosper. I Even my enemies. I'm like, you know what? God bless them. Like Whenever somebody really wounds me, I pray for them that they would have more than I have. They'd have everything I want and more. That they would succeed. They wouldn't fail. You know, because my heart's not greedy. My heart's not bitter towards other people. Even those people that I don't even like. I might love them, but I don't always like them. So... Yeah, you could lose your soul being in love with worldly possessions and money, okay? But if you're born again, and you've repented of your sins, and you've put all your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, like, relax. Like, let God bless you so you can be a blessing to others, so you can preach the gospel to the nations. That costs money, you know? That it takes... You know, people always criticize these big churches. I'm like, you don't have any idea what it costs to run that place. If you criticize the church, because oh, they're making bringing in millions of dollars, we need to tax that. Usually, it's millions of dollars that go right back out the door just to keep the operation running. So, you know, now what I am I condoning every? every point of doctrine in in these places no they often do things in ways i wouldn't do they they preach the gospel in ways that i would not preach that way they do a lot of things that i wouldn't do personally but it doesn't matter because like i said they're not accountable to me necessarily so i don't have to to criticize them i don't have to make a cheap website condemning what they do and the preacher and all that stuff you know I'm just like, if there's any truth to it, then I'm going to go to the Word, and I'm going to find out for myself. I'm going to dig deep in it, and I'm going to believe it. So I encourage you, if you're not a tither, tithe. Tithe to your home church, wherever that is. Um, Study scriptures about giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. Study Malachi 3. You know, read chapter 8 9 of 1 Corinthians. um, 2 Corinthians. Let's see we'll make sure i'm right on that Um, learn what the scripture says because that's really the key here like i'm not just telling you my pet doctrines because i have something to gain and you know if you want to sow into my ministry you can go to my website you can click on the little dollar sign there you know i won't deny you the opportunity to to sow and reap in the kingdom of god um... but i'm not after your money and uh... most and i'd say as far as i'm concerned All prosperity preachers that I've experienced they're not after your money they really aren't like a lot of these folks are independently wealthy I would do some name dropping but I don't want to upset you but I can think of a really successful really really prosperous preacher who doesn't even take a salary from his own church okay it is 2nd Corinthians 2nd uh, Corinthians 8 if you read actually not uh, 8 and 9 well actually yeah, 8 and 9. So my favorite verse here uh, is 2 Corinthians 8 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Good verse. And then flip it on its head, and you can go to 2 Corinthians 9 8. And it says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work let's skip down to verse 10 this is good now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness Um, so God gives you seed that's to sow to give God gives you bread. He supplies your daily bread, your food, you know. David said, I've never seen the righteous beg for bread. So some of you might be thinking, well, he says that it's the fruits of your righteousness. Okay, yeah, sow into the kingdom of God. It's going to add fruits to your righteousness as well. Okay, what does that mean? Well, it's a good thing. It's a right thing for you to sow. He's talking about giving. Um, He's saying give, for the righteous, you know, fruits that are gonna be added to your account in a sense of like, hey, this is right, this is good, given to the church, given to the kingdom of God, because after all, you don't have a thing in the world to worry about. God's gonna give you bread, he's gonna give you seed. You're not gonna go broke. You can't you can't go broke giving to God. And at the core of all the false teachings that are out there about giving, I'd say that is the that's the worst part. That is the that is the travesty here. When some when you're teaching, basically saying you, if you give to God, you'll go broke. You'll never find that in the scriptures. God will not despise any offering or seed you sow into the kingdom of God. So if you're not a giver, be one. Give to your church. Give to people in need. Sow into into ministers that you believe are doing a good work. Um. You cannot go broke giving. You should just be a giver. You know, I stopped there, but it goes on to say that God loves a cheerful giver, right? So be happy. Just be happy all the time. Just receive the joy that God has for you because he saved your soul from the pit of hell. That should be enough to make you happy that you know heaven's your home anyway that you you're just living down here in this life for one reason to bring glory and honor to god and to bring people into the kingdom of god that's our purpose here on earth just be happy be a giver receive all that god wants to give you succeed prosper you know you need money to do to win souls to the kingdom of god it takes money um being successful is not bad Prospering is not bad. You should want to. like You should want to do well in whatever God has called you to do. And remember, you cannot go broke by giving to God. So this has been another episode of 5 Minutes Alone with Pastor Andrew from Deliverance Bible Church. I say from Deliverance Bible Church because I am not officially the pastor of Deliverance Bible Church. And at one point, when it really mattered to me, I was ordained in that church. Um, and I only say that because I put down everything on the altar several years ago, including ordination, degrees that I have from universities. You know, I even put my keys to the church building. I closed my church. I laid down my my marriage even. I even put my wedding ring on the altar with my wife um, to God. And I just said, you know, Lord, from now on, you give meaning to these things as you see fit. Um, they, I, I put no faith in them as objects alone. So yes, I'm ordained. Yes, I'm Pastor Andrew. I've been in the ministry for years, okay? I guess it matters. If it matters to you, then, then there you go. Okay, there's my credentials. But I go to Deliverance Bible Church. It's at 310 West... Pipeline Road in Hearst, Texas. We have been in a move of God since 2016. We prayed for revival for, you know, 10 years that I can remember personally. um, And then everything changed and shifted pretty much in one afternoon and the joy entered our church the peace of god filled the place and the holy spirit has been coming and just sitting down with us and just working deep joy in the hearts of the people for the last four years and uh, it's been really good so if you're ever in the dfw dallas fort worth area in texas 310 West Pipeline Road, um, you can find out more at deliverancebiblechurch.com or dbchurst.com, I think we'll get you to the same place, and uh, our church is all over social media. If you want to know more about what I'm doing here with this podcast, you can go to the number 5 u s. that's 5, the number 5, u s. Um, And like I said, if you feel so led to sow or give, there's a green dollar sign on the top right corner, and I will not deny you the opportunity to be blessed by God by giving. Um, So if you'd like to sow, you're more than welcome to. Um, Yeah, so this is my two cents, my five minutes, you know, plus 30 minutes on on the topic of prosperity. Be blessed. Thank you for listening, Um, and these are perilous times these are evil days that are around you um you know more than ever you should keep your eyes on heaven you should keep your your heart and your your eyes fixed on the word of god and just study and pray and preach the gospel to lost people and uh, don't don't and when everyone else is broke around you you need to have a testimony of prosperity based on the Word of God. Um, Because I'll tell you now, right now in the midst of all this, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm succeeding. I'm prospering. Um, And I don't know that it would have been that way if I'd have stayed angry at prosperity preachers, you know, eight years ago. So this is a good time to be alive despite what you may think. Keep your eyes on heaven. Keep your heart fixed to the word of God, stand on his promises that he wants to bless you, that he wants you to succeed. Be a sower, be a giver. You can do it. I believe in you.